Welcome back to another session of Better Podcasting Chats with me. I'm SP. This is a streamed and recorded casual conversation with hobby and passion podcasters to share their joy, enthusiasm, experience, and knowledge of podcasting. Better Podcasting is a project by Stephen Jondro and myself to help hobby and passion podcasters start their podcasts and make their existing projects better. It is our hope that bringing on new voices from hobby and passion podcasting spaces with potentially different viewpoints will help others just as much as listening to Stephen and myself. I want to say a big thank you to Joey from the Affable Chat podcast for joining me in the previous chat. You can check out Joey and his co-host Benjamin at affablechat.com. Now, to demonstrate, in case you're wondering, in case this is the first time you've dabbled into anything, what a hobby or passion podcast is. I'm going to take the next few minutes and I'm going to talk about my passion space, just like I was doing a mini podcast on space. So on the SpaceX side of the house over the past week, they continue preparations for the Starship Orbital Flight Test pending FAA certification. Booster 7 was relifted onto the orbital launch mount on Wednesday, March 29th, 2023, and Ship 24 right now as we record, sits in the chopsticks, ready to be lifted on top of Booster 7 for hopefully the last time. The FAA also released some potential launch dates, starting with April 10th, 2023, but no launch license has been given yet. I want to stress that. So they're not go for launch quite yet. Now, the launch mount modifications began testing on Monday, April 3rd, 2023, as well as tests of Booster 7. I anticipate Ship 24 will have some tests as well before they get onto their launch. On the NASA side of the house, the crew for the Artemis 2 mission to return humans to orbit the moon in late 2024, right now it's scheduled for November, was announced on Monday, April 3rd, 2023. The four astronauts are Christina Koch. She is a mission specialist. Jeremy Hansen. A mission specialist from Canada will be the first Canadian to orbit the moon. Victor Glover as the pilot and Reed Wiseman as the commander. I wish them all well as they prepare for their flight in late 2024. Now we're going to move on because for the next hour, I'm chatting with somebody who is reviewing and podcasting about the top 250 IMDb movies in a legal trial format. It's very interesting. Johannes is the half of the Movie Mistrial podcast. That's their name. Their movie review format is framed around a trial arguing for and against the film being on the top 250 list. And as far as they can tell, they don't know what side they're going to be on when they start the show. As such, the Better Podcasting Court is now in session. Welcome to the chat, Johannes. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much for joining me. First of all, how would you describe the Movie Mistrial podcast? Yeah, the Movie Mistrial is a conversation about the IMDb, IMDb Top 250. I call it a cross-examination of the IMDb Top 250 because we try to argue for and against the movie's place on the list or sometimes even like the rel relevance of the movie being on the list in the first place. And like I said, we flip a coin and then decide who has to argue for or against that movie. 
so it's a fun conversation. Sometimes you have to really grasp at some straws to figure out, you know, what you didn't like about the movie. But more often than not, there's something you can you can really nitpick to then then you can find uh, about any movie because no movie is really perfect. So I was thinking, and as I was as uh, looking at your podcast, and you're doing the top 250, and you're doing about a show a week, right? Uh, every two weeks. Every two weeks. So even worse than I was thinking. So you get about 25 every, in every year. So you got a 10 year plan basically to go through all these movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we, we record almost every week. And that's how we, how we kind of go over like seasonalities right? and, and like time off. So we, we build a backlog of episodes that are all scheduled out. So you still take time off, but you record every week when you can to get yeah. that backlog. Okay, so my question is, over that 10 years, what happens if that list changes, that 250 list, like something goes out, something comes in, what happens then? That actually has happened a couple times. Current format that we do is, like, wherever we are in the recording schedule, we'll just bump in that movie that happened, but we'll still kind of call it being on the sequence where we are. So we had to do kind of an emergency recording for Spider-Man Far From Home, one of the Spider-Man movies, the, the latest Spider-Man movies. That just popped up in, at the time that was like right around where we were recording, so we moved that in. But currently we're at recording episode 52, 53, so we had to, to reshuffle things around a little bit to bring them in. So we're, we're not like super adhering to the structure, like whatever changes in the middle, we'll, we'll just catch up with that. Okay. You're doing this podcast. You've been doing it for a couple of years now, it sounds mm-hmm. like, if you're releasing every other week. What inspired you to start it? Yeah, the uh, Raji and I, we were co-workers. And, um, Wait a minute, you were? Does that mean you fired him? No, no. We okay. worked for the same company, but uh, I, I moved on. Okay. So he fired you? No, was, uh, we, work in, we were working for the same Oh, okay. So neither one of you was the other's boss? No. You didn't sabotage each other to get one of you fired or anything like that? No, and I actually had never met him, right? And so only only virtually. So so that's So you're working in the same company, you moved mm-hmm. on it, but you were working with the same company. Right. And uh that company had a very active uh movie Slack channel. So lots of people were just chiming in and he had done a podcast before and was looking for somebody doing some kind of movie podcast. And I was a listener of a lot of podcasts in general. And um, as somebody who is doing audio, like music recording, I was like, that could be something I could do. So we connected outside of that message and uh, kind of started thinking about how we could frame this whole thing to have it kind of be different. And uh, that's how it kind of got started. You mentioned that you listen to podcasts. Do you have some favorite podcasts off the top of your head? It changes. I do. So I listen to German podcasts a lot. I'm native German. And uh, that helps me kind of stay in the like mindset of like hearing German, speaking German. There's a couple of German ones that are like, uh, as far as English speaking ones, um, I do like the Now Playing podcast. If it goes to movie reviews. And let's see, there's so many. That's that's kind of the crazy thing. I feel like for everybody, like serial kicked off a lot of 
podcast craze, right? Uh, even though I think the first season was the strongest of theirs. Yeah, it kind of depends. It depends on what I'm into. See, I'm not super prepared on that. It's all right. You mentioned an interesting point that I would like to explore for a second. You're native German and you listen to German speaking podcasts. I think that's something that a lot of people in the United States or Canada or any English speaking country, they almost forget from time to time that there are a lot of podcasts in other languages. Now, the statistics seem to point to English podcasts being the greater listened to podcast, but I think it's special to note, especially if there's a listener here that is native to another country that speaks another language other than English, that you can podcast in a format that's not English. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think there's value in that, too. Like For a brief second, I was thinking of, of doing kind of a separate show and uh, was considering doing like English and German, like two separate episodes. But then I also thought about all the work that goes in. <laughs> yeah, it is double the work. That's why one of the golden rules of hobby podcasting that we put out, there was 15 of them on Better Podcasting, episode 50, which you can find at betterpodcasting.com slash 50. One of those 15 rules was if you're doing a hobby podcast, you probably shouldn't do more than two a week just because you don't have a lot of time to do that. Yep. And I still stand by that. Matter of fact, like you, I'm trending more towards one versus two just because it's a hobby. I have a life outside of here, that sort of thing. Just for me personally, I see a lot of people falling into that trap too. But you decided to go English versus German. Why was the reason for that? Uh, purely because my co-host doesn't speak German. And so, so that was the, the unifying factor. Ah, like, okay. All right. And yeah, I mean, it's, most of my life is in English now. Right? So I find podcasts, German podcasts are great to kind of stay up to date and kind of you know, go back. In the, in the past, there's a, there's a German podcast that are like done by three dudes that are my age. So there's a lot of nostalgia attached to that, right? So so that's that's neat to go back to that. So I had posted on the r slash podcast guest exchange subreddit, and you replied to that. What mm -hmm. was the reason that you wanted to come on the show when you initially replied to me? Yeah, I'm generally interested in talking to people i'm generally interested in learning more and how other people do podcasting uh, because i think i'm doing an okay job i got better at it but i can only learn so that's one of the motivations uh, another motivation is to get movie mistrial out that's kind of one of the approaches that i've taken uh, trying to be a guest, try to have other people on my show, and um, yeah, do a little cross promotion there. Very interesting. So cross promotion, and then learn. And I will tell you that after podcasting for more than ten years, thirteen years actually, I still learn new things every time. Of course, I needed to learn a lot to begin with, but yeah, I'm still learning, and, and I have a podcast about podcasting, so yeah, you can still learn stuff, and it's great to learn stuff along the way. I like that answer. Never ends, yeah. No, it never ends, right? And uh, things change, tools change, so yeah. Aside from really excited about movies and listening to things back home, what really excites you about podcasting? I like the... It's so about the, the actual act of doing it or listening to it, podcasting. 
doing it. I think it's been an interesting, like doing it. It's it's been an interesting challenge for me as I edit the show to force myself to listen to myself speak. My job is very speaking heavy and meeting heavy, so it felt like it was a good lesson in being more conscious about how I speak and edit myself uh, so I don't have to edit and post. That is something I enjoy still, which is almost masochistic in a way, I guess. But, you know, it's... Maybe a little bit. I can see the the point there that you like listening to your own voice and stuff like that. But I also will say that if you're trying to get better at public speaking or speaking in an environment like presentations at work or dealing with customers or something like that, podcasting is great, especially if you edit yourself, because you are listening to yourself and you're like, oh, you shouldn't say that. My biggest pet peeve of myself is I say so way too much. I need to not say so. Just skip it and go to the next word. And I've still, after all this time, still working on that. But I'm better than when I first started. Yeah. You realize all your little ticks, especially in a show like ours, where you have to make up arguments on the fly. Oftentimes, there's a lot of ticks that you discover about yourself and kind of problem solving and bridge the gap. So that's fun. And then I, like I said, like learning new tools, learning about this whole space from the from the inside has been very enjoyable. I edit in Logic because I use it for for music recording and. I've got a lot better in using logic, so that's great. Great. So I feel like I learn a lot just by doing it. And that alone is worth my time. Yeah, I still remember my first episode that I ever edited. My co-host had been podcasting for a while at that point in time. New audio and video editing back then. That was a huge thing to know video editing, but he knew both. And we got done with the recording, and I said, "Great, now what?" He's like. You don't know how to edit, do you? It's like, no idea. It's like, well, you probably should pick up Audacity then. So I did. And then over the course of days, learned Audacity and, and got the podcast out. And I have continually learned along the way. And I think I'm using some rather advanced tools. Probably could learn some more advanced video tools along the way. But yep, I have done that. So Along those lines, how did you first learn how to podcast, or did you literally take your musical experience and just apply it to podcasting? Yeah. So when we started, we did record separately. So I recorded in Logic natively, and uh, my co-host Raji recorded on his computer. I don't even know what he used. Audacity, probably. And then we would do file handoff, line it up, and all that kind of stuff. Because that felt natural. It's a lot more work, and it's quite the pain. You get a little gain in audio quality by doing that, like having everything run natively. But I learned, you know, the juice is not worth the squeeze oftentimes. Like the little more fidelity you get doesn't necessarily matter. So now we use Zencaster. We'll see how long that goes because they now have a minute limitation in it. But I've been pretty happy with it. It lines everything up. It's easy. It works. I know it hadn't, and there have been issues in the past uh, with like buffering and all that, but so far it seems to be pretty decent. And that helped greatly because then I can just import into audio and into logic. I have everything set up. I have a template that has all the bumpers and all kind of stuff in there. And um, that makes editing a lot easier and faster now. 
if some people are looking to have a free version of like they were using Zencaster for a while in the free version and they're wanting to continue using something free, I often recommend the Discord server and using the Craig bot to record that will give you independent tracks. There is also a more DIY solution, but it's rock solid. That is using a program called or a service called VDO.ninja. That's Victor Delta Oscar dot Ninja. It's the actual alphabet. It's not spelled out in any way. Use that to connect and use something like OBS, which is free to record. And you can do up to very good quality video podcasts that way. We actually do that on better podcasting. Steven runs that part of the show. I tend to opt for the more streamlined StreamYard, but he goes all in depth on that. And you know, you could do any sort of different things, but the two things that I would recommend to somebody that's looking for a more robust free version would be Discord or using the video slash OBS. So don't know if you ever want to do that or not, but that is two options for you. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Like I said earlier, right, the tools that are there are so approachable now that it's it's made very easy. Like the barrier of entry to podcasting is so low that like even equipment wise right like you can record with your phone it's decent right you don't have to go like super nuts yeah i can't wait for another 10 years to go by because 10 years ago we really had to cobble things together now i have great microphones that are affordable i have a great dsp device in the roadcaster pro 2 with multi-track recording capability and I just can't wait for another 10 years. There's also a bunch of software out there like StreamYard, CleanFeed, Riverside. You know, you were talking about Zencaster. I was talking about the free options before. Yeah, it's amazing what's available today. And it's really accessible, as, as you say. And I think that is of more value to the hobby podcaster because a lot of times hobby podcasters doesn't have a lot of money to sink into stuff. So they really like the free but good systems. And that's always a benefit and and same with hosting right like where you we use uh, red circle and has been working flawlessly for me uh it's great it's publishing everything on time Uh, the interface is decent enough right so it's it's amazing what is available for free yeah i'm still using paid podcast media hosting services but I might give a go on something like Anchor or, excuse me, Spotify for podcasts or Red Circle at some point in time. I've heard a lot of people in the circles that I'm in that they've used Red Circle. So I might try that over Spotify for podcasters. But I don't know. Is I have to take a look. Do you know if Red Circle is IAB certified with their stats? I don't know. I don't think they are. That might be one thing that pulls me back from it. I don't know. We'll see. That goes back to, like, I'm using the, or we're using the free version. I think we're missing out on some of the analytics. And I'm not entirely sure how the analytics side of things work anyway. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> so it's like, because it's it's funneling into all these other systems. You just compare your own show to each other over time. And that's how you do it with the trending yep. versus comparing it to other shows that might be out there. Average statistics that places like Buzzsprout actually publish. Okay. How have you improved your podcasting since you started? We've talked about your voice and your speech 
Is there anything else that you can point to and said, I've improved this? Yeah, the workflow, right? Like I said, went from separate audio tracks, lining them up with clapping in and uh, doing it right. <laughs> Three, two, one, which tricky works, but it's not great, right? To using something like Zencaster or whatever alternative you can find that made just lining up the audio tricks so much easier. Equipment wise, I think it got a little better. I got a new sound card, not sound card, like an interface, the um, ID44 Audient. Mm, that's a very good one. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Currently, I'm talking to an Alesis IO2. That's my B rec, I guess. Microphones, too. I started, again, coming from a music production side of things. I started uh, with a condenser mic, but that was frustrating because it picked up everything in the room. Right. And, but, but, you know, just from the, from the music production side, it felt like the right thing to do. Now I'm using essentially a modified Behringer, was it XM X8500? Yeah. XM8500. Yeah. It's a dynamic cardioid stick microphone. Right. It's a, essentially a copy of the SM58. A lot cheaper though. A lot cheaper. Yeah. That's, you know, so I have two versions. I have this one that I've been used to work, and then I have a copy of that, essentially, that I used to record the show as well. And it's been great. I did a similar mod with a SM58, but I don't like it. It doesn't sound as good for some reason. Yeah, I never quite got into the Shure line of microphones. I tried the Shure SM7B. I bought one. I ended up giving it away. I, mean, I should have sold it, but I gave it away to a co-host at the time, and I was not happy with my sound on it. I speak a little softer than most people, I guess, and I had to boost the gain up to the point where it was distorting my voice. I didn't like it from that standpoint. Now I have better preamps and it might actually work better now. I'm kind of regretting giving it away, but at some point in time, I'll pick something up that's like it and give it a try again. I think the next microphone that I'm going to get will probably be a Electrovoice RE20 instead of the SM7B. But yeah, there's tons of microphones out there. And the SM58, by the way, very similar to the SM7B in terms of the hardware behind it and the capsule and everything that makes it a microphone. So that's why I equate the Shure line of microphones across. But the good thing about the Shure SM58, it is literally indestructible. They've frozen it, unfrozen it, and it still works. They've driven trucks over it. It still works. It's a band microphone for a reason. It sounds good, and it is very hearty. So it's a good microphone to have on hand. And it's also easy to, to get used. You know, I know microphones in use, whatever. Like, people don't like it. But there's a reason this microphone has been around and in live use for decades. Yep. And there's many of them out there. Same with the Behringer ones. Like, they're easy to get fairly cheap on Craigslist as well. And I guess the pitfall I, I think lots of people may fall into is spending a lot of money equates quality, right? So the SM7B, great microphone, right? But it's $400 microphone. You can do a lot with $400, right? So it's, it's really pick your battles. So if there's one thing that you could tell yourself, Go back to before you started podcasting like three years ago. If there's yeah. one thing you could tell yourself 
before you started podcasting to make it easier on yourself when you started, what would you tell yourself? Don't over edit. In the beginning, I, I did a lot of editing. Every little pause um, and all that. And I refrained from doing that because I learned, I felt listening to a show, I felt like it was too overdone. So I'm very selective now where either we really mess up or the flow was off in a way. And then I try to fix it a little better then try to fix it. But uh, I really overdid it and editing took a long time. I tried to convince myself that that's worth it. But again, for the amount of audience that we reach currently, it's not necessarily worth the time and effort to go that crazy. I would probably have a bigger eye on that as audience grows. But uh, in the beginning, I think focus on what matters and it's doing the thing and getting it out. It's a difficult fence to be on between wanting to make your show sound better and then just getting it out. There are benefits to both and you just get better over time to where you need less edits, right? So that's a bonus. But on the other hand, if you're trying to grow your show, if you're at the point where you've been doing this a while and you're trying to grow your show, somebody could come into your show and not like the way that you have it laid out, not like the flow. They might feel like you're wasting their time a little bit. Could be crutch words, could be a segment that doesn't need to be in there or something like that. And with that in mind, I would say that there is a benefit to editing, especially if you're trying to grow. And especially if you're in such a competitive niche, like you are, there's tons of movie podcasts out there, movie review podcasts out there. So that's something that I would consider. However, if you're just doing this for fun, then getting it out is probably more important than spending the time and frustrating yourself. It makes it less fun and you want to do it less. So it's a balance. It is. It is. And yeah, it's a pick your battle situation for me. I think over the 50 episodes that we've done, we've gotten better at self-editing, like I said in the beginning. That helps not having to edit as much. But sure, right? It's, it's really a balance of like, how much is my time worth as well? Right? So that's, I guess, where that comes from. Another thing I would bring up with my younger self would be to really record some test episodes first and feel out. So because essentially what happened was, like I said, I ex-coworker, we never met in person. We worked for the same company, but never on the same project. So I think the first episodes that we have published now, like episodes one, two, seven let's say the first 10 right i feel like you can still hear that we were trying to figure out the dynamic between ourselves and that's a little sad now because now i always feel like i have to qualify like you know we got into our groove episode seven eight ish right it took a while for us to to kind of figure out our rhythm like between the two of us and kind of figure out the rhythm of the show so I think going back, I would, I would probably argue to have a test episode, a couple of test episodes and have people listen to it and kind of see what works, what doesn't work. Good feedback. 
I tell this story quite a bit, but that even happened to Stephen and I. We had podcasted together for years on other shows. We come in and with episode one of Better Podcasting after preparing the show and planning the show for 10 months. We had this constantly on our minds for 10 months. And we went ahead with episode one. And after it, we were like, what was that? We are never like that before. It was because that we were just in a different format. We were talking about a different subject. We didn't know completely how both of us would handle different situations, handle different subjects. So it was a little subdued to where we normally are. And it took us even a few episodes. So if you go back to the first episode of Better Podcasting, the main show, not this show, the main show of Better Podcasting, you will hear a completely different Stephen and I talking about the topic in episode one than we talked about just this past week in episode 273, the season three premiere. Way different. And I would say even the season three premiered was a little different than what we were doing because we weren't used to that format for the previous like 10 weeks or so because we had slipped into our better podcasting live chat for a little bit and did a season of that. We feel that the variation helps, but along the lines there, I would agree with you that the first few episodes a little bit different every time. And even holidays, you take holidays. I assume you guys take holidays off Mm -hmm. and then you come back in January or something. And then it's just a little different from where you were in late November, beginning of December. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the format format, like ours, right? Like we, we started top down. So first movie is best movie on the list. So that (laughs) probably not the best strategy in that (laughs) case. Right. (laughs) Work up to it. Right. Just ramp up to it a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I kind of noticed that and I was like, eh, okay, well, at least that gets the best movie. I mean, if you're talking about marketing your show, getting the best stuff out there first, like the movies that everybody likes the most, I think that's got its opinion as well. It's got its pros to it as well. But yeah, I can see if you're just starting out, probably not there. So talking about marketing, you want to try to market a little bit better. You, you talked about coming on this show a little bit. Are there other things that you're trying right now? Yeah, I started working on a website, and I'm using a website builder, Cato 2 Podcast, and I thought that was pretty great. I'm using ChatGPT for blog posts mm. because I felt like it's fairly low effort and fairly easy to to have review articles generated for movies. Right? So, so for every for every episode now that is out there, I have a blog post. Um, for every episode that's going to be released, it's scheduled to be released at the same time. So I'm working on those kind of avenues and finding a fellow podcast I can join. Um, my co-host is working on more of the social media side of things, which is something I'm not super good at. I did uh, live tweeting during the Academy Awards, mm. which was surprisingly stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtags are your friend. That's all I know. I guess. Yeah. I'm not super involved in, in all of social media. So it's that just kind of from a from an understanding level is challenging because I don't necessarily care. But I wanted to challenge myself. So that's why I was saying, okay, I'm gonna do live tweeting during the Academy Awards. I think at the end of the day we got like five more followers. Okay, cool. Right. Live tweeting was always something that we used to do on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. when we were covering a show that was actually being broadcast on linear television. So one of our co-hosts, 
mostly Lauren, would go ahead and she would live tweet the episode as it was happening. We got a lot of interaction from then. I have to say that going to these streaming shows a little bit different because nobody's watching it at the same time. Yes, you can set a time and say, hey, I'm going to live tweet it at this point in time. A lot of people just block you and block the hashtags because they don't want to be spoiled. Yep. It's a different environment than it was a little while ago. So if you could find a live event like the Academy Awards, that's live and everybody's watching it at the same time worldwide. That is an excellent thing. I don't know for me in that same podcast of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. if there will ever be anything Marvel related that will be like that, that will be streamed worldwide anymore. So uh, it comes down to, I think we've lost the art of the live tweet for our stuff. Now we can tweet the same day. We can tweet snippets of our episode in the intervening week and two weeks for you. But that's almost cliche, and I don't know. It's a delicate thing right now trying to promote using social media, especially if you're talking about something like Twitter, which is obviously promoting different tweets and not promoting tweets because if you have a blue check mark or not. It's almost like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. But then you go over to something like Mastodon. And there's just not the audience over there that there is over or was over on Twitter because people just aren't using that anymore. They're using graphical interface apps like Instagram and TikTok, yep. which as an audio medium, it's difficult to do that because unless you're streaming or having a talking head show like I have here with Better Podcasts and Chats with SP, it's very difficult to create that visual element to put on something like TikTok. So yeah. It's not as easy as it once was, that's for sure. Right, right. And I mean, Twitter seems to be very volatile at the moment anyway. Right. So I think we're trying different things. I think for this upcoming month, we'll focus more on Instagram and then really kind of build out the strategy there. And we'll see what works. That's kind of the name of the game, I guess. I'm trying to be more behind the scenes. The thing that I'm trying to do that's like one of the goals I set out with this whole thing is to do um, a live episode, show the movie in the theater first and then record the episode after that's like my, my low key goal for this whole thing. It's a hobby, right? But it's still, that seems like a fun event Yeah, to do. Would you record the podcast in the theater or would you rent out a hall somewhere or I would do it in the, in the theater, I think. Okay. Just rent out the theater, have whoever wants to come, come and then record the episode afterwards. Yeah. That'd be kind of neat. Yeah. And since, since a lot of the movies on this list are so revered loved, right. That, that feels like a, like a um, natural thing to do. Yeah. I'm getting people back in the in the theater as well. Like I watch a lot of movies and I support local independent theaters, so gotta get people into the theater. <laughs> You'll have to get back to me after you do one of those and let me know how it goes. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot that I really don't think about as well and the technicalities of that. But I mean there would be a sound system sort of thing. You'd need more of a mixer recorder like a Rodecast Pro 2 that could right. hook into speakers, that sort of thing and record at the same time. But yeah, it's totally doable. Matter of fact, the very first podcast that I listened to, some of the funnest times, maybe not best episodes, but the funnest times when, when they had meetups, 
every year they'd have a meetup and it was centered around the television show Battlestar Galactica, the 2003 reboot. And they had their first meetup the week that they had the last episode. It was really meant to be a watch like you were talking about in the theater. They rented out a hotel hall and they had a TV there and everybody came, like hundreds of people came to watch this final episode of Battlestar Galactica with their favorite fans and friends that they had never met in person. And it was a fun time. And it was so fun for everybody that they decided to keep doing that. The podcast continued on. They shifted focus from Battlestar Galactica to science fiction in general, and they continued on. So they had it every year after that. I think they had a total of five of them before the podcast disbanded. But my point is, it's totally doable, even with gear that was 20 years ago, totally doable to do a live show and record it. Maybe not stream it, but live show and record it. Now I think you could stream it, but live show and record it and then push that out afterwards and just generate the excitement of everybody being there in person and participating in both events. So yeah, I think that's totally viable. I think you got a great opportunity in front of you. Yeah, yeah. I need to explore that more and work with local theaters. Like I said, I care for the movie as, a, as an art form in a way, and um, I care for local independent movie theaters. So I think any, anything that can help get people in seats there is, is important. That's a great idea. Do you have any other advice, tips, or tricks for other hobby or passion podcasters that might be listening to us right now? I think just start, right? Don't, and and I know you're going to say that, you know, it's a fine balance, but I think you're going to learn a lot along the way, but you need to get going first, right? Like you can overthink, at least I tend to overthink a lot. So it's, for me, it was helpful to have a plan and just do it. And while I acknowledge, like I said, the first six, seven episodes are not our strongest, I think we wouldn't be at episode 50 and we not just started and just go out and, and publish the thing. So, sure, I, I would advise doing the thing and listening to it and really have a critical eye on it after you've produced it or a couple episodes, but then you know, release it get feedback, let other people listen to it and start early. Don't fuss over equipment too much. There's good equipment for affordable prices out there that get you going and get it going. I was just talking to a potential new podcaster this past week and was like, look, the minimum is a $50 microphone right now, the Samsung QTU. That's the minimum. I mean, you get that and you have everything that you need to start a podcast. And I wish I would have had that back in the day when I started podcasting. But it wasn't, or maybe it was, I'm trying to remember, I don't think it was, the ATR 2100, I don't think was available when I first started podcasting, but it became on the scene shortly thereafter. And I wish I would have had that instead of going the route I did, because things would have been so different from the get-go of doing that. I want to double down in you saying just start, because I do believe that's a huge thing. Even if it's starting to record those test episodes, at least you're sitting down and recording and you're going somewhere. You're saying, hey, this worked, this didn't work. And then you change it and then you very rapidly develop your show to the point where you can get it out in, say, three weeks, five weeks, something like that versus months and months and months. With Stephen and I, the reason I said that we did 10 months is we were upping our game to video at a time where video wasn't as prevalent as it is today. 
So we literally were cobbling things together or at the very cusp of doing video that's just available now the way that it's on StreamYard right now. And we took 10 months to do that specifically because of the video and a lot of the video elements we are still using today. It is, uh, yes, advisable if you're doing something transformative that you need to take maybe a little bit more time. But if you're not, just get in there, just record a test and then go from there. And I would completely agree. We completely agree with that on Better Podcasting all the time. We have a couple of listeners that haven't started their show yet. Fortunately, a few of them are on the way to actually setting up their studio to start doing it. But we've been kind of kidding them for a couple of years. Just start, just start, just start. Yeah. yeah. And like we said earlier, right, there's so much, there's so many tools out there that are free that enable you to get it out. Start there and really think about, you can spend a lot of money if you want to. You shouldn't spend a lot of money in the beginning. Yeah, because you don't know. You could go down the wrong path. Like you with condenser microphone, right? Yeah, I had them, right? So that, that was just a logical thing at that point in time. But yeah, had I spent $200 on the condenser microphone, I probably would not be happy about that. It took us a long time to spend money on a website because it's like, does it make sense to spend X amount of money on a website? You know, now, now we're finally there. So really try to be conscious about where you put the money. And it doesn't make sense to put the money where you want to put it. I had a few websites along the way, and I decided I didn't like doing it. So I joined a network instead. <laughs> so I didn't have to worry about the, the website. But yeah, I would agree. Having a website is kind of paramount to at least controlling your brand and having people funneling to it. So at the very least, buy the URL and have it point to wherever your show is. Yep. In your case, moviemistrial.com, right? And have that point to wherever you're hosting, like Red Circle. And your red circle page. And yeah, I, I agree with that. That's probably a, a good use of your time and effort and money. Yep. What is one favorite moment of your show in the past 50 or so episodes? I think the first movie we both disliked was, and it's coming up time and time again now. I think it's Life is Beautiful. It's an Italian film. And we both didn't like the movie. And it was both challenging to come up with good arguments because we just didn't like it. Like I said, more often than not, it's, it's funny how we both like the movie enough that taking the dislike side of things is more of a challenge, more like a fun challenge, because then you try to figure out. But sometimes we have clear... You know, last movie we did was Cinema Parody, so we recorded that last weekend. I wasn't that big on that, even though I have lots of friends that are, right? But so, so it was easier for me to, to pick that side. Raji was shocked. And he was like, wow, how can you speak against this masterpiece, right? And I'm like, I don't care for it, whatever, right? But the flip side is, is a lot of fun sometimes when you really have to, didn't like the movie, but you really have to speak praiseful of it. But that movie in particular was one that we just both didn't like. It just didn't work for either of us. So that was that was not necessarily fun. It was it was fun going through it and fun kind of trying to wiggle around the issue a little bit. But yeah, that one sticks to mind because now that movie is is a constant. That movie is in the twenties, I believe, is a constant like 
you know, I don't like Cinema Paradiso. I think it's better than that movie. It should be replacing that. So that is memorable for me, for me, of that episode. Yeah, that's the number one, I guess. All right. I like it. You've been in the podcasting space for a couple of years. Is there anything about the infrastructure or the industry of podcasting that you would like to see changed? I'm not a big fan of the, the Spotify model of like having exclusivity on the medium. Like there's a bunch of shows that I liked, mainly Gimlet Media stuff that are, I'm not a Spotify subscriber, so I don't have access to them anymore. Okay. I have a bunch of other podcasts I can listen to now, right? But it's, I think that's fundamentally kind of twisted in a way. I, I guess on the movie side or, or TV side, we pay for different streaming services as well. But I feel like podcasting is different. Podcasting feels, the whole community feels very non-combative. It's, it's, it's kind of a friendly bunch, at least the people I interacted with so far. So it feels weird to have these hard walls set up for a community that is generally pretty open for each other and cheering everybody on. The thing that I always scratch my head about over the exclusivity podcast, I'm not necessarily talking about something that might be a Patreon exclusive. I'm talking about behind, completely behind a paywall. Or maybe that the last few episodes are free, but if you want to get in the back catalog, it's behind a paywall. I'm okay with that. Yep. What I'm not okay with is the fact that you're putting your entire show behind a paywall. And while you might have a big audience to go in, like Joe Rogan, he had a huge audience going in to his exclusive deal with Spotify. And there's many more shows than Joe Rogan that did this. Once you do that, you are now limiting your audience to those that pay for whatever paywall that you're talking about. In this case, Spotify. And you cannot grow new listeners. You can keep what you have. And if you're good on staying with that for five, maybe 10 years, that's great. But at some point you're going to go over that hump and you're not going to be able to sustain your show because you're not going to have enough subscribers to sustain your show, or you're not going to have the statistics, the listens, the downloads in that wall garden so that the company in this case, Spotify, but it could be somebody else actually pays you the millions of dollars to keep your show going. So that was one thing that scratched my head. Yes, it works great for a year or two, but beyond that, you start to really atrophy your audience to the point of why do it? Now, in my case, I'm a hobby podcaster. I get less than a thousand downloads per episode. I'm okay with just saying, nah, I'm not going to go in the paywall because they're not going to pay me to be there anyway. But if there was a case that I, I got to the point that I could be, I will tell you that I wouldn't. And I wouldn't because it's a fundamental difference that I have with the basis of podcasting. It's supposed to be free for all. It's supposed to be ubiquitous for all. As long as you have that RSS feed, nobody can gatekeep you. Somebody can take that RSS feed and they can throw it in some sort of a pod catcher, a player, and they can get your show, regardless of whether you get banned by the big distribution hubs, which for now would be Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, and um, Google, they could ban you. And that's a big part of your audience. But if you have a big enough audience or a big enough underground, they can go ahead and grab that RSS feed and still listen to your show. That's why I like it, is you 
not exclusive. There's no gatekeepers. Right. You can get your show out. Right. And I think you bring up a good point with Patreon and, and the like. I think I supported a bunch of shows over the years. And oftentimes those shows don't even give an incentive, right? But it's, it's like a dollar here, a dollar there. That's fine because you support the work that goes into it. And I know the work that goes into it, right? So I don't necessarily need like any bonus episodes. There's plenty of content out there. I supported some shows that gave you ad-free versions. I think that's a good solution, right? You pay for that, but you can still opt to have the, the ad version. And I mean, currently ads are sparse anyway, which is wild, right? Like even the biggest savage podcast is, is like, and we go on ad break and we're back. <laughs> like, you can oh, put okay. in fake ads. If I was starting a new podcast today, I would put in fake ads. One, it's going to entertain the audience. And two, it's going to be a placeholder for when I actually throw real ads in there. And if I select to do that, to be clear, I have not monetized any of my shows to date. I don't have a crowdfunding. I don't have a Patreon and I've never done ads. So I've never done it. But if I was going to do it, I would create fake ads to just entertain the audience. Right. That's actually a good point. Interesting thing to explore. Yeah. If I was going to do another podcast, I've been going through some things that I would do. Not that I'm starting another podcast. I'm trying to get rid of some podcasts uh, all along the way just to reclaim some time in my life. I love doing the shows that I do now, though. So that's the conundrum. I love doing the shows, but yet I want to reclaim some time. But if I was going to do another show, that would be one of the things that I would do. I would do test episodes, even though I've been podcasting for so long. I would want to try out things, uh, and I would want to refine the show so that episode one, when it actually hit, would be big. And I would put in funny ads that were topical, that the people listening to the show would be like, hey, that's that's actually entertaining. I like this. And then if I got ads, I would want them to be like post-read in the same manner i would still want to entertain the audience even though it was an actual ad that would be going forward that and then i would maybe start with a patreon i don't know just to do ad free versions except for not for the funny ones just for for like the ones that are not funny like i'll I'll take that out and put you in a patreon but i don't know if i'd start with a patreon i know i just contradicted myself there but i'd want to build up to it yeah get an audience first before i would do that yeah I guess that's another point for like beginners, right? It's as soon as you have a name, like get the URL, get all the social handles for it, like get the Patreon. Like I have the Patreon for it. I, we, we don't use it, but I, I got that like right from the start just to have it if it ever became a thing. But like, get all that squared away. It doesn't hurt to, to secure all the names on, of it. We have some questions that came into our chat as we were streaming today. Do you want to take a stab at answering some? Sure. Okay. Let's go with the first one. Liberty Dude said, have you been required for the show to be in opposition to a movie you actually really love? And if so, do you keep slipping in that you really love it? Aha. No. So for the, that happens. Uh, I don't have a good example for that right now, but that happens. The format in our show is that we have about 20 minutes, 25 minutes for the, for the argument side of things. And then we have a sidebar where we just talk about the movie and how we really feel about it. So that, that allows me to, to really hone in on the things I didn't like, even though it's a movie I, I enjoy. 
And then at the end, I can be like, well, actually, like these are all nitpicky, like petty stuff, new things that are brought up. So more often than not, that's usually how it plays out when I like a movie, but I have to speak against it. Okay. We also had a comment from Jay Bear who said, yes, what were the hardest films to critique? The only exception in our portfolio of podcasts was Schindler's List, um, because we both decided not to do the arguments against that movie. So we just talked about the movie. We just had the sidebar portion, essentially. I could see that. I could definitely see that. Okay. We also had another comment from Jay Bear saying, preamps and interface are possibly much bigger impact on sound than microphones and worth the investment. I'd have to say that to a point when you're starting out, because when you're starting out, the equipment isn't so fine that you need the best and the brightest. But I will say in your case that your audience interface is a top of the line interface. And it wouldn't matter what kind of microphone is in there. As long as you get a clean driving sound into it, you're going to sound pretty good. Yep. And also Jay Bear ended with warm up. Know your gear and software, challenge yourself, have fun, support local and independent. This is about starting with the test episodes and also the live show that you were talking about. Yeah. Good words. Good words. Well, I've had a blast talking to you about podcasting over the past hour. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we start to uh, terminate this episode? No, I mean, thanks for having me on. Please. Check out Movie Mistrial. Website is moviemistrial.com. All right. Thank you very much for being on. I really appreciate you taking time to do this. I know that uh, we've been discussing this for several weeks, and I was really looking forward to having you on the show. Thanks for having me. It was great. Thank you for spending your time with Johannes and myself for the past hour. If you like content like this, please subscribe to the Better Podcasting YouTube channel and like the video. Ring that bell for notifications for future streams. Or if you are listening to the audio version, please give Better Podcasting Chats with SP a follow on your podcatcher app of choice. Stephen and I would greatly appreciate it. This week, season three of the main Better Podcasting show is premiering episode 273. Check that out at betterpodcasting.com starting on the coming Sunday. For this show, Better Podcasting Chats with SP, I will be taking the next two weeks off and plan to return with another chat on Tuesday, April 25th. As a reminder, if you want to be on a future episode of Better Podcasting Chats with SP, please let me know. Go ahead, send me an email, send me a DM, and I will chat back and forth with you and send you the scheduling link, and we will get rolling for the future. In the meantime, please join the podcasting conversation on our Discord server, betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. You can find both myself and Steven there every day. And more importantly, the better podcasting community and audience will be there to answer your questions as well. And if you are a geeky related podcast, please consider becoming part of the going to geek network. And to see what the criteria are, you can apply via going to slash join. We hope to see you guys all in two weeks. Catch you later. Bye.